the countdown is on to the NFL draft. Not to the Eagles working out, because they're not working out. Oh, we'll talk a little <laughs> bit about that today, too. Uh, you got your Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. Single digit days until the NFL draft. Down to nine and counting. Uh, Johnny Mac, another chilly day here. Uh, is, is spring ever going to arrive here? I, I firmly decided that spring starts July 4th weekend. <laughs> um, yeah, we had a couple days to kind of tease not only us, it teases all the vegetation, all the flowers, all the trees, you know, the, the, the leaves start to show up and then they go, what's going on here? What's going on? Green so, Thumb yeah. McMullen, uh, you out there in the backyard planting stuff? No, I'm always out in the, um, the garden, Jody. No, okay. not always, but occasionally I've done it. Oh, but I'm not I, one of those people that's going to, I don't have the time to spend. My all wife's I do is out pick there up downed limbs in my backyard. That's the I only just thing picked I up a downed limb this morning. I picked up a downed limb. It's it was pretty a, windy. Uh, been a uh, windy spring season. The winds of change not blowing through Philadelphia. Because I did read my latest John McMullen column on phillyvoice.com. And uh, a lot of things that you wrote there. You had said here in Philadelphia, the patience of the Philadelphia Eagles. The... Uh, ability not to overreact of the Philadelphia Eagles. In some ways, it's good, but in other ways, it's not because we look at this Eagle roster as of right now, nine days before the draft, Johnny Mac, they're not better than they were last year. I don't know if they're worse than they were last year. To me, what they are is stagnant. And guess what? Stagnant isn't good enough if you want to be moving up in the National Football League. Yeah, it, it's not, especially in this offseason when you've seen such a drastic shift in talent, uh, really to the AFC more than the NFC. And we'll see, you know, things in March don't tend to shake out that way come September and, and when the season starts. But certainly on paper, and that's all we can do right now, Jody. I've said from the start, basically from the start of the free agency process to where we are right now, you know, and, and, we're getting ever closer to the draft. We're going to have Brian Bosarge from DraftCountdown.com. And they have a countdown, Jody. Nine days, 11 hours, 55 minutes, and 58 <laughs> seconds. I'm looking at it. Um, so, you know, that's how close we are to the draft. Um, and, and in that time frame, you can spin it. You can say, well, Hassan Reddick, this, this, this team hasn't had an edge rusher with double-digit sacks since Connor Barwick. Um, so, you know, this is a guy who's had double digit sacks in two consecutive years, one with Arizona, one with Carolina. You can say, well, the pass rush is going to be better. So that'll help the back end, but the back end loses Steve Nelson. Um, not a great player, but a competent player as the opposite corner. They try to get Stephon Gilmore. They weren't able to do it. Um, talked about safety. They brought back one of the two. That's what we expected. Uh, but Rodney McLeod's out in Indianapolis now, and you can talk about the honey badger all you want until it shows up. Uh, uh, Marcus Epps, Epsy is, is penciled in as one of the starting safeties. Talk about Kaiser White if you want to spin it that way, and he's better than Davion Taylor. May, certainly is more advanced. Um, I, I'll give him that. And then we talk about the building around Jalen Hurts, and you know the names at wide receiver. I don't have to go over them again. Everybody they missed out on, Zach Paschal, 
nice kid. Hopefully Nick Sirianni's right. The rest of the world is wrong. Um, and he becomes a, a, a big part of this offense and a competent part of this offense. And I see you rolling your eyes. I'm with you. I'm saying that's all you can do. That If you're going to spin it the Eagles way, that's what you have to do. Right. But from my standpoint, this team looks worse now. You said stagnant. I'll say worse now than at the start of free agency. And that's not the goal entering the draft. Everything might fall into place. They might get three really good players in the top 51 picks. They might sign uh, Tyron Matthew Matthew after uh, after the draft. They might sign another competent player that can help somewhere else, and they might be a better football team. But this is what I always point out, Jody. Every GM in this league, and we have a bunch of them on this show at times, whether it's Randy Mueller, Mike, I'm trying to get Mike Tannenbaum back on the show, um, you know, and, and all the personnel people we've had on the show. Chris Landry is a great one. Um, Blake Bettingfield, on and on and on. They all say the same thing. You know, what you want to do in free agency is set yourself up for the draft so you don't feel compelled to reach for a certain position. I mean, every single one of them. Howie Roseman says it in public. Every single one of them says the same thing. Have the Eagles done that? I, I ask you. I ask the listeners. I don't think they've done that. No, they have not. Uh, I, I, I want to put you to a test here. And this is uh, absolutely not your final grade for the year, for the season, or anything else. This is just a snapshot test. For you to uh, give me information so I can put Jonathan Gannon under the spotlight. First play of the game last or uh, first game, uh, it's a third and five. Uh, the team needs to get into field goal range to be able to tie the game against the Eagles. It's an important down. The opposition has three wide receivers on the field, tight end, three wide receivers, one running back. And it's a third and five in, in the fourth quarter of a game that hangs in the balance. I'm going to write this down. What is the 11-man defense like the Philadelphia Eagles, assuming health to everybody, but assuming the roster as of right now, against a three-wide receiver set, third and manageable, big spot in the fourth quarter against their opening opposition? Who are the 11 guys that are on the field right now? Um, uh, right now it would be, um, Hassan Reddick and, and, and Josh Sweat on the edges. Uh, Brandon Graham would kick inside, uh, alongside either Fletcher Cox or Javon Hargrave, probably depending on who's playing better that day as a pass rusher, uh, to be honest, but I would, I would think they would lean towards, uh, Javon Hargrave in that situation. Uh, the corners, the outside corners would be Slay and Zach McPherson. Uh, the nickel would be Avante Maddox. Um, the linebackers would be T.J. Edwards and, and Kaiser White. And the safeties would be Anthony Harris and Marcus Epps. That's where we stand today right. versus 11 personnel in a big third down where they expect to pass the ball. Right. That's why I said three wide receivers set. So you got Fletcher Cox off the field. I would, I would, you know, again, that's that that to me is going to come down to Beal. 
But if you're going on last year, Javon Hargrave was a better pass rusher than Pletcher Cox. And it's, you know, it's kind of counter. People think the opposite. People think Javon's a better run stuffer than Fletcher and vice versa. Oh, no, no. Javon was really bad against the run. Fletcher was solid. Um, and Javon was great on the pass rush. So that to me is kind of fluid. But if you're going off last year, Javon was the better pass rusher. Now that Fletcher's at least more manageable uh, from a salary standpoint, you can you can get the rotation. Um, well, you know, do you want to win games or do you want to make people feel good? Right. You know, I, I appreciate the fact that you pick the guys that uh, give you the best chance to uh, make the play and get the other team off the field. I don't know about you. You tell me. What positions are you most worried about? You look at that as those 11 guys. I wrote them down. You did them off the top of your head. Out of the 11 you just gave me, where have you got concerns? Where do you have to legitimately admit, yeah, that's not good enough? Uh, outside corner uh, starts there. Really, that's not good enough. Uh, you need – that's why they were went hard or whatever Joe Cena said. I forget the exact phraseology after Stephon Gilmore. And remember, that's coming from Gilmore's camp. So, you know, who knows how much uh, how much truth there is to that. But uh, they were certainly in on, on Stephon Gilmore, um, probably more, uh, you know, if he didn't wasn't going to get a ton of money would be my guess, but just a guess. But they know they have to get better there. Um, then safety opposite Anthony Harrison. Really, <laughs> it, we act like, you know, Anthony's a great guy, solid player, but really you need upgrades at both safety positions, to be honest. I mean, and the contract tells you everything with Anthony Harris. I mean, this guy was a franchise player at one time on a franchise tender in Minnesota. Last year, he signed for what five million or whatever it was, or maybe less than that. This year, it's two and a half million. Keeps going down and down and down. That that tells you something, Jody. It truly um, does. So they need to upgrade both. And and I think that I think the I think they're good enough. People are probably not going to like this. They're good enough for what they feel they need to be at linebacker uh, if there are no injuries. And I think they're, you know, if there are no injuries and you're rolling those four guys out on the defensive line, you're probably good enough. So I would be more concerned about the secondary right now. And good enough, while I say good enough, I mean good enough to be where they were last year, sort of. Agree. You know. And and I actually think Kazia White is an upgrade. I really the two oh, so sign, the yeah. two signings that they've made of any consequence, and I'm not talking about returning players because they're already here. Yeah, they got Derek Barnett for cheaper than what he was. Does does Howie get to keep that, by the way? If he brings back a pay, a player and gets him to sign a lesser contract, does he just get to keep the defense and no, put it in his he, pocket? He he's fine when it comes to oh, okay. the Eagles aren't cheap. They're not, I, I don't, in fact, you know, if you're, if you're going to gauge the 32 teams in their spending, the Eagles are comfortably in the top half. They're not cheap. What, what I was, the word I always use is disciplined. And I think they're too disciplined at times. And look, you could bang your head against the wall. And I agree with them. I, I talk about this all the time, Jody, in a vacuum versus not in a vacuum. In a vacuum, I agree with them. It's crazy to pay wide receivers what they're paying receivers. It's nuts. Okay, I acknowledge that. I agree with you. 
then you either you either get in at the cost of doing business and don't like it and you can stick you know i gotta buy gas today jody yeah i gotta buy gas i'm not happy with it i don't like it i think it's a uh you know what messed up system I'll, I'll say that but i gotta get involved if i leave the house if you want to get involved in the nfl and be a player and be a super bowl contender well you got to do business so you can complain about it, and I agree with you, and I think it's dumb, and I think it's stupid, and I think it's terrible to pay players that kind of money who are dependent on other players, i.e. quarterbacks, to get them the football. I don't think it makes a lot of sense. But then understand, week in and week out, the A.J. Browns and the D.K. Metcalfs and the, and the Debo Samuels of the league are going to be on the opposition when you're dealing with the Zach Pascals of the world and trying to talk up Quez Watkins like, oh, we got something with Quez Watkins. Oh, do you? Well, I know what you don't have. A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, Debo Samuel, D.K. Metcalf. I know he's not that. Nah, no one can argue that. All right, so since we both agree that the two positions that kind of stand out is not good enough for our cornerback and safety. Let me run a cornerback's uh, name by you. Um, the Giants still have not moved James Bradbury. Uh, there's been talk of the Giants attempting to trade him for, shoot, at least six weeks now uh, that they seem to have soured on him. We know new situation up in New York with a new coach and a new general manager. The old regime gave him a three-year, $45 million contract two years ago. He's on the final year of the deal. It's pretty darn expensive. And the Giants have major cap issues. The Eagles are actually in solid cap space as of right now. They're in the top half of the teams with cap space. And you know cap space is the most fluid thing in the National Football League. You reduce some contracts, you free up some uh, money, you kick the can down the road for a future year. But you, you should be able to uh, clear some cap space when you need to. The Eagles are in a pretty good position right now. Bradbury's a $13, $14 million cornerback for this year. Maybe maybe you can't renegotiate with him. The Giants, I think, attempted to, and it was fruitless. They couldn't come up with a deal for Bradbury, uh, so they've been willing to trade him. They are actually in a better cap position if they trade him than if they cut him. So there's a chance that the Giants would even eat a little bit of the contract and take the cat hit themselves just to move on from Bradbury. I like the guy, Jay Mack. I said this both times the Eagles and the Giants played last year. The one thing that scared me about the Giants is I think they had a pretty damn good secondary. And part of that was because of James Bradbury. And we all know that the Giants beat the Eagles once last year, even though I thought the Eagles were the better team. On uh, Jalen Hurts, probably worst day as an NFL quarterback, uh, or at least as a starter this past year. And part of that reason was, yeah, I like the Giants secondary. I thought it was a strength of their team last year. But I'm looking to subtract from it by moving James Bradbury. I know a giant eagle trade just sounds wrong because they've got to compete against themselves. <clears throat> but should the Eagles be pursuing a guy like James Bradbury? Well, that's where I would normally go first, that the Giants wouldn't want to trade him in division if they had the chance. But – they've kind of admitted they're tearing that thing down and rebuilding. So they might be more willing to think about it uh, because 
they don't really care about winning, it seems, this year. Um, and they're going to reboot the whole thing. So maybe that gives that avenue, uh, makes it a little bit larger at least. But then you got to get in just what we're talking about, the discipline of the Eagles. Are they going to want to pay? And I like the player. I'm with you. I think, and, and by the way, he's one of the best zone corners, and that's what the Eagles do. They play a lot of zone in, in this league. And, you know, if you were to ask me, who, who are your top five zone corners? Well, Bradbury's going to be in it. Um, he's that good of a player. Um, so I think he's a fit. I think he's a good player. He's still under 30, um, but he's expensive. And are they going to be too disciplined again? This is one of those things where I do give Howie Roseman some slack, and he says, well, talent gathering season is longer than you think it is, and there are other ways to get things done. And all of a sudden, if it comes to after the draft, and I, I said, you know, honey badger, but you know, if they get a safety in the draft and then all of a sudden they get James Bradbury on the trade market, well, that's stinking really, really good. That's really good if they get, you know, say Dax Hill and James Bradbury. Then all of a th- sudden things change and you say, well, this is, this is, they're starting to cook with some gas here on defense. Um, so all of these are still possibilities. But here's my problem. And this is why I wrote the column, Jody. By, by, by putting yourself in the position you're in, you've closed off avenues. That's what the Eagles are about, right? Winning on the margins. Let's win on the margin. Let's do this. Let's do that. You're taking things off the table we'll never know about because you can't consider them anymore because you have to get a safety or you have to get a cornerback. And then after the draft, you can get the opposite or vice versa. And that name maybe. Maybe Jordan Davis is there. Maybe a better player is there. Maybe a better wide receiver is there. You, you got to take a wide receiver at some point. Maybe you feel compelled to not do it in the first round and do it at 51. And all these things, these these dominoes, these this butterfly effect, and you're never going to know the possibilities because they shut off what they claim they always want to do, and that's win on the margins. You have not set yourself up properly for this draft. That's all I'm saying. You can recover, and it's always about players. We always, you know, we talk about the trade with the Saints. Well, here we are, April 19th, whatever it is, Jody. Um, Right now, the Eagles won that trade. Every draft chart, they won that trade. They won that trade. No question about what's Mickey Loomis doing. Well, guess what? If Mickey Loomis gets the players right, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And you can talk about, well, they got great value for that trade. All right, enjoy your value while he has, let's pretend, and I know you don't think it and I don't think it, but let's pretend he gets the quarterback and if it's Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis and they're better than we think they are and everybody else thinks they are. And they turn into a Pro Bowl quarterback. I guarantee it. back in the day, Nobody thought Drew Brees was going to the Hall of Stinking Fame. You you never, you know, Tom Brady's the most obvious at 199. If you get that quarterback right, it doesn't matter the valuation of this stinking trade. And, and, and that will tell the tale long term. But right now, as we stand here, Jody, I don't think they've set themselves up right for the draft 
like they claim they want to do. Two things before we get our first break in and punch up our first guest. Number one, if you're right about one of those Saints picks being quarterback, not only is it going to be bad because and he turns into a player, because the Saints in the same conference with the Eagles are better because they got an upgraded quarterback. Oh, they're going to have picked them after the Eagles have passed on them because the Eagles have the pick before the Saints and both the Saints picked this year, which means they would have passed on the quarterback. And then if Jalen Hurts has a mediocre year and the Eagles are going hunting for a quarterback next year, oh, they just could have taken the guy right in front of the Saints. So that's problem number one. And number two is the fact that, uh, yes, we need patience. You like to use the word, um, what's the word that you've been using to describe people? Discipline. Patience is another way to look at it. We can wait till 2023. Shoot, we can wait till 2024. One of the picks in that draft isn't for two years. Patience is a virtue, but patience doesn't excite Eagle fans. And we're playing to the Eagle fans here on Birds 365. The Eagles are asking for your patience. We'll see if you give it to them. All right, uh, patience no more. You need to wait no more for the first guest. Joining us up next is uh, BLG, Brandon Lee Gowton of Bleeding Green Nation. We'll come back, chop it up with BLG on Birds 365. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. 
go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Good-looking young man on our screen is the editor-in-chief of Bleeding Green Nation. Uh, Brendan Lee Gowton joins us here on Birds 365. BLG, nine days in counting. Do you know what you're doing over the next nine days? I'm going to be gearing up for the NFL draft, Jody. It's going to be exciting. Uh, it is going to be exciting. Um, I don't know if you heard how much we were talking about, Brandon, before you popped on, but talking about the Eagles and the lead up to the draft. And so from the start of free agency um, to where we are nine days before the draft. And I want to get your take. Cause I know my take, my take is uh, they seem a little bit less prepared for the draft uh, than what you want to do in free agency, which was, you know, which generally every general manager will say, you know, at least set yourself to where you have band-aids, whatever the term you want to use, so you don't feel compelled to reach for certain positions in the draft. You think the Eagles have done that, or you think they have more needs, which is my contention? Yeah, I think they've done it to an extent. Obviously, you know, they add Hassan Reddick. That kind of fills a hole, a pass rusher that they had. Zach Pascal, you don't want to be a starter, but he gives you another body at wide receiver, which you desperately needed. Uh, you add Kaiser White, which, you know, has the potential to be a starter for you. Um, you know, there's a lot of ifs here outside of, I would say, Reddick, uh, who clearly fits in as a, a, a you know, a significant contributor, whereas White, you know, you have the Eagles history of linebacker signings and it's yeah. not exactly promising and there's no guarantee that he even lasted the season given their history. Although I will say that I like his profile and the, the money that the Eagles gave to him was obviously more significant than they've given to some of these other linebacker signings, such as Corey Nelson in the past. So I would say they've done some things, but obviously they didn't do I think what they set out to do when you look at how they swung and missed on a number of players including Calvin Ridley, including Robert Woods, um, uh, Marcus Williams, the list goes on. Recently, you know, there was rumors they were connected to Stephon Gilmore. So yeah. uh, they clearly did not address all their needs like they I, would want to in a perfect world. How much in that uh, John describes it as uh, not good enough, I've described it as not good enough, you're kind of cutting more slack than we are, that in some ways they play. How much does the narrative change if they sign Honey Badger? in the nine days leading up to the draft, if they get a deal done with Tyron Matthews. I think it's kind of funny how Eagles fans are really like excited, potentially Big about name. this happening. Big name. Yeah. yeah. And Big then I get, draft. like, it's a fun player. It's a fun, you know, profile. Like, I get the, you kind of add some excitement to the team. I'm trying to take that away, but it doesn't really move the needle too much for me. I mean. It's, it <laughs> moves the needle over what they've got at that position right now. Sure, it's an improvement, yeah. But, like, in the bigger picture, are they contenders now because they have the Honey Badger? I mean, no, not really. It doesn't. I don't think it changes their win total. Maybe one game at the very most. I don't know. I don't think it's that kind of huge deal. I don't think this is the same Tyron Matthew that he was in his absolute prime. I think he's a little worse than that as he's getting a bit older and has more years in the NFL here. So, um, yeah, it's obviously a big deal because right now at safety, it's just Anthony Harrison, 
who Marcus Epps maybe. Um, so yeah. yeah, it's an improvement. I get that, but I don't think, and it's, he's probably going to be joining the team if he does at all, which I tend to think he won't because there's other teams out there who I think are kind of more closer to contending and he might want to go to those teams instead. And even if you're getting him, I'm imagining it's only a one year deal. So it's not even like he's a long-term piece for you necessarily. Yeah, I don't disagree. You know, Joe Banner called it the big name trap with Honey Badger. I think clearly he's a descending player. Uh, he's just better than what you have. So sure. I kind of understand where the Eagles are. And I always say, you know, if you look at each individual move with the Eagles, it tends to make sense on paper. Um, they are disciplined. They don't want to overpay. But then I go to the opposite end of that, Brandon. I said, you know, I don't want to go out i told jody i don't want to go out and get gas this morning because i don't i'm i don't agree with the setup <laughs> i don't agree with the price and where it is i gotta do it if i want to live life I want, it's the cost of business the living life if you want to get involved at in certain positions wide receiver number one because we've seen that market explode in the eagles again in a vacuum i'm like i don't want to give 20 plus million to insert name AJ Brown or, or, or Terry McLaurin or Debo Samuel by nature, you need a vehicle to get him the football, which is the quarterback. Right. Um, so I don't like paying that position, but then I'm not going to be involved with those players and those players are going to be coming in with other teams week after week after week while you're rolling out, the Zach Pascals of the world in the Quez Watkins of the world. That's kind of where we are. Do you think the Eagles are too disciplined at times? I think this all kind of speaks to where the Eagles are slash where they think they are at quarterback. And it's clearly not that, wow, we have the guy. It's time to push our chips all in, say like a team like the Chargers are doing by getting Khalil Mack. And, you know, re-signing Mike Williams and spending that kind of big money. I don't think the Eagles think they're in that spot. They're in this middle ground. They're kind of stuck, I feel like, treading water. I feel like that's what a lot of this offseason has been about. Now, again, I, I did admit that they've tried to make some bigger moves. But with those not being able to be uh, consummated, ultimately, they kind of just have been standing here in the middle waiting kind of maintaining flexibility, at least I think they would say, for the future and not trying to to you know go all in with this version of the team. And I think that, again, is some, somewhat indicative of how they feel about the quarterback, and it's not the time to really go all in and build around that guy and feel like you can push for a championship year. So I think that's part of the uh, – it's just where this team is right now. They're stuck in that middle range in the NFL – and it's possible, you know, they're obviously you look at the context of the division and they can compete in that. But I don't think they see themselves with the, the you know, elites teams. All right. So if they're not one of the elite teams that is close enough that you can legitimately say, yeah, you know, if all the breaks go our way, we can win a Super Bowl. Probably part of that is because. Sorry about this, Jalen. Jalen Hurts is their quarterback. And I hope Jalen Hurts goes nuts and balls out this year. And we're all thinking about, hey, how are you got to give him a contract extension? Mm -hmm. And we're okay with paying him 30 plus million. We don't know that right now. And the Eagles have to operate and uh, do roster construction with Jalen being the quasi question mark that he is. But here's my line of logic as to why I wouldn't be afraid to pay a guy like Honey Badger. 
if Jalen Hurts is not the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles in 2023, who do you think will be BLG? I don't know. It could be, it could be many, probably a rookie, I guess, maybe. Or probably someone. a rookie. Thank you very much. That's the exact answer I was looking for. And I agree wholeheartedly with you. I believe that's the case. Well, you're not going to have to pay him either. He's going to be on a rookie contract. He's going to be a first-round draft pick. You're not going into the 30-plus million. It's locked in. So you're going to go from an inexpensive quarterback play to an inexpensive quarterback play. So why are you afraid to be spending money in other positions? A lot of times teams have to do that. Well, here we are, put all the big quarterback money aside and then build the roster around him. The Eagles are going to be inexpensive at quarterback in the future anyway. So why would they... Why should they be afraid to spend at other positions? Well, it takes two to tango. And I think there's really no evidence of players lining up to come play with Jalen Hurts in Philly. I mean, look at the look at the players the Eagles signed this offseason. Zach Paschal had a close relationship with Nick Sirianni and also like a pretty inexpensive deal. Kaiser White is relatively from the area, you know, Lehigh uh, County native. Yeah. Hassan Reddick, <laughs> Camden. Went to Temple. Like they're yeah. signing players who are like from the area. They're not signing these players who are like, you know everyone is competing for this guy and he chose Philly over everyone. That's not where they are. So maybe, yeah, I mean, maybe you can get the honey badger if you just absolutely blow every other team out of the water. Um, But I don't think they're going to do that. And if it's any kind of close, even if, you know, the Eagles are offering more, but like, let's say the Rams, just for example, are offering a little bit less, you you might take the Rams and try to go win another Super Bowl. Yeah. uh, But isn't, isn't it sometimes a self, fulfilling prophecy brandon if you say well uh, you know nobody wants to come here we're not ready you know i say it all the time the sixers broke philadelphia i think partially the sixers and partially contentment on the Eagles side because you hear jeffrey laurie say well we won a super bowl reminding us there's a lombardi trophy in in the lobby at the novacare complex um where did we get to this point where the Philadelphia Eagles are saying, well, we're not ready. We're not ready. And where's this assumption that when you are ready, let's pretend, let's pretend we have Bryce Young and he turns out to be a superstar that so-and-so is going to be there and you're going to have the ability to seize on that exact moment. It seems to me the good teams in this league keep adding good players pretty simple Uh, the eagles seem obsessed to me and i'll throw it to you this way brandon and they want to win outside the margins i've described it and they're good at it look at the valuation of the trade with the saints um it's great on you know before we know who the players are howie roseman looks like he fleeced mickey loomis um all that stuff is great but you know, talent doesn't have to win outside the margins. They're just better than everybody else. So if you have the best quarterback, you have the best quarterback. If you have the best wide receiver, you have the best wide receiver. If you are Aaron Donald going to the Hall of Fame, the reason, you know, you can talk about the weather and all that stuff, and, and obviously the Super Bowl plays into it, but a lot of guys just want to go play with Aaron Donald and, and Jalen Ramsey. If you're Honey Badger, for instance. You know, he's probably going to want to go out there. If the Eagles had an Aaron Donald, guys would want to play with him. Mm-hmm. Are, are they too caught up in this winning outside the margins mentality? 
I do. I get what you're saying there. Yeah. And I think there's always a, uh, you know, how he wants to outsmart people kind of frustration from uh, his critics. And I also think there's a Eagles, you know, have their vision of where they are. Like last year, for example, Jeffrey Lurie said they're in a transition year. Um, but I think back to 2017 and no one really thought the Eagles were going to, no. not, e- not even like just win the Super Bowl, obviously, but like even be, Know, top team necessarily top two or three team in the nfc that year let's say or even win the division um so you don't always know and i think that's another important thing to kind of check yourself with now of course you know the the, the quarterback situation is much different you know then than it was now and i think there was more reason to be optimistic about carson wentz you know as this kind of elite tier prospect at least at the time um so you don't you never know and I think the Eagles have their, again, it goes back to them having their idea of where they are and where they stand. And I think they will be aggressive when they get to a point where they feel like they can push their chips in. I mean, we've seen how we do that in the past. Although I will say it's kind of been a while. Um, you know, yeah. like what's what's the last, you know, like um, like slam dunk, you know, huge headline grabbing kind of move they've made? I, I can't really remember like Hassan Reddick doesn't qualify for that you know I'm talking about something where they they kind of steal like the front page news so to speak um so it's been a while um and it's weird because you know you look at Howie's record early on and he was all about that you know Namdi and everything and uh, signing a lot of big names and everything so so maybe it's some like he's been scared off a little bit by that uh, but I think it's kind of a number of factors coming together here this is not good John this is two days in a row we've had a Namdi Asamoah mentioned on the show. <laughs> We're turning back the clock yeah. to the bad old days. That's not what I want to hear. All right, uh, BLG, I give you and your site credit. Uh, go there uh, basically every single day because uh, you've been ahead of the curve on Eagles, got, uh, players coming in for pre-draft visits, and you got the compiled list. Well, one of the guys on the list, one of the early guys, as a matter of fact, here in Philadelphia, has gotten some bad press over the last 24, 48 hours, and that's uh, Devonta Walker, uh, Wyatt from uh, Georgia, uh, one of the two key defensive tackles of that great Georgia defense. A um, couple people reporting, Charles Campbell from Walter Football said that he talked up some NFL teams and said Wyatt has either dropped down their board and or in some cases dropped completely off their board on attitude slash character issues. I know at one point Johnny Mack believed the Eagles would go in DT and Wyatt was one of the guys he was thinking about uh, slotting in to one of the, maybe it goes back to when the Eagles had three picks before the Saints uh, trade, but uh, now that they've got two, Wyatt is a guy who has been mocked that high in the draft. Uh, Have you heard anything? What have you heard? Why do you think this is a story that's making the rounds that we'll find out on draft night whether Wyatt is or isn't dropping? as precipitously as some people have suggested. Maybe this is part of why, you know, the Eagles brought him in for a pre-draft visit because they want to talk to him and kind of get more information about this. Maybe they had been hearing, you know, some of these things and kind of <laughs> wanted to to get, you know, more of a, uh, you know, fill in some of the gaps that they might not have there. And, you know, that's obviously what these pre-draft visits are used for. Uh, it's not like there's a workout component. You know, it's about interviewing these players. It's about, you know, putting them through, um, you know, testing in terms of their, their physical uh, status and everything. So uh, they might they might be doing their homework on him. I think that would be one of the worst possible picks from the Eagles from a profile standpoint. Uh, I know he's probably a little bit better than the numbers indicate, but you're talking about a player here with five sacks and 42 games at Georgia. This is a guy who's going to be 24 and a half as a, in, in his rookie season. Like that's that's pretty much on the older side. I just don't think that's the, the kind of the 
know, needle moving, I'll use that phrase again, uh, player that the Eagles should be the profile, at least they should be targeting. You know, obviously the draft is a crapshoot in many ways. So I think you have to kind of make good bets and bet on upside. And I just don't know that I love the, the ceiling for him in addition to these character concerns. So if I'm the Eagles, uh, I would probably be trying to stay away from that one. Um, okay, let's talk about needle movers, uh, BLG. Um, this team has two first round picks now, 15 and 18. Um, there's still a chance they'll move up the board, move back. Who knows with Howie? Um, certainly looks to me like the annual tradition is back. They almost have to get a wide receiver, don't they? <laughs> they can't sign one, they can't attract one that way. And they tried to trade for one, and it didn't work out. What's the other way that's left? It's the draft. Otherwise, you're going into the season, potentially, with Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, and Zach Paschal as your top three. Uh, I don't think that's good enough. Um, I think they need to add a receiver in the first round, not just because it is a need, and I'm saying they need to reach for that, but I think you look at how the value lines up, and depending on how the board shakes out, there's going to be multiple options for them there, both at 15 and 18. So I just think it makes too much sense to not add a guy. I'm a big Jameson Williams fan. I think he's really good. I think he is the kind of player um, that you do want to bet on. Speaking of upside, uh, I don't know if he'll be there at number 15, considering that uh, you know he is very explosive coming off the season where he averaged 19.9 yards per reception. Crazy. I know that obviously he's coming off the injury as well, but I would kind of be less concerned about that as a, kind of maybe of a more standard ACL tear, which we're seeing players yeah. kind of And the Eagles with. aren't ready anyway, so they can wait. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Yeah. He keeps running this by me. The Eagles aren't ready yet. Man, you're dropping Namdi. He's dropping the Eagles aren't ready yet. This, this, this whole show yeah, is bringing well, they me can down. Wait. They can wait. They can wait. But you know what can't wait, uh, Brandon? Uh, uh, May 1st. Um, I think May 2nd is the day you have to pick your 50-year option up on Andre Dillard. So there are two players, really, Andre Dillard and Jalen Rager. Your odds that they will be on the Eagles May 1st post-draft? I think... I think the problem is they should be gone. That is the, the, the should of it all. The problem is the Eagles can be very stubborn about these kind of things and kind of to your phrasing, John, you know, uh, trying to win the margins and whatnot. Um, we saw it with Zach Ertz last year. He should have been gone way sooner than yeah. he ended up yeah. being gone. And that's crazy, by the way. You know, they risked him getting hurt and they would have yeah. been stuck with on yeah. his, his full salary the whole year if he got. If I he remember Jer- Jody would tell me every day, Zach Ertz is still here. Zach Ertz is still here. And I that's would crazy. tell him they're, they're, they're trying to trade him. They're trying, but they, they are stubborn. That is a good they're word, stubborn. Brandon. They're stubborn, and that's why I feel like I can't just assume <laughs> that they're going to be gone. But Dillard, I mean, if you pick up his fifth-year option, that just doesn't make sense to me in terms of if you – the downside is you get stuck with him, and you're paying, you know, a, a left tackle only backup, like, what, $12, 12 million, million or whatever it is? Yeah. You can't pay, be paying a backup that much that. money, no, especially when no you – you have a good offensive line coach too. You don't Andre Dillard doesn't have to be the only possible backup left tackle you can have. Like LaRaven yeah. Clark is probably a pretty solid option given yeah. his price point relative to twelve million dollars and Andre Dillard. And then with Rager, I mean, I don't know that he's gonna be gone in the draft. Maybe that you bring him back for one more training camp. I don't know if anyone wants him, but 
I mean, he can't be on the team this year. It's just, I, I think something that doesn't get covered enough with him is, you know, some of these guys, uh, like let's say even Marcus Smith, like he was a bust, but like, I don't think we ever really said he dogged it. He just wasn't very good. Jalen Rager dogs it out there a lot, or at least more often than never. And I just don't know how the team stands for that. Like when he's not even at least giving maximum effort, that's a problem and he can't be around. We'll see how that one shakes out. All right, BLG, I asked you this before, and you went where I wanted you to go, so I'm going to actually have to take you to a different spot. Eagles quarterback position. Should they be interested? Should they just be staying on top of? Should they actively be pursuing Kyler Murray? Because the situation is what it is in Arizona. He deleted all his cardinal references from his social media. We'll find out today if he shows up for off-season workouts, which, by the way, 30 of the NFL teams will be participating today, the two that aren't, Bengals and Eagles. Um, but I'm, I'm banking on Kyler Murray not being there for the voluntary work for the Cardinals. It's only going to get uglier as of this week. Should the Eagles be pursuing Kyler Murray? No. It's that simple. They should not be trading premium resources for this guy and then giving him a, you know, a huge contract. We're talking about a player here is 22, 23 and one overall as a starter. You look at his record in December, he's six and 11. You want to include the playoff game. He's six and 12. His average passer rating in the month of December is 85.9. He had a 40.9 passer rating in the playoff loss this year. That is a guy who has been part of the Cardinals, you know, having these really disappointing uh, collapses at the end of seasons the past two years. And maybe it's not all in Kyler. People want to blame Cliff Kingsbury too. And I'm, I'm he's part of I it. I do. I do. Sure. But like, <laughs> but Kyler's part of it too. You can't take no, a quarterback. He, yeah, he is. You know, you he can't is. wash his hands clean. And to me, I, I can't do that. I, just, I, I think they're that he wants to get paid so much now, as opposed to looking at maybe like a Dak Prescott or Lamar Jackson who are willing to bet on themselves and make more money. That kind of is a red flag to me. I almost wonder, like, he just wants to get the money because maybe he has some doubts about himself. I don't know. I just, I'm not willing to bet on Kyler. You know, Kyler to me is interesting, uh, Brandon, because he is so talented. And I kind of agree. I'm not kind of, I do agree with you. If I were the Eagles, I wouldn't go that route. But then I start to think of myself, if I'm playing devil's advocate, I'm like, what are we waiting for? I mean, he's clearly more talented than the quarterback you have. Sure. You know, long-term, if you get a good quarterback, you're going to have to pay him eventually. And the going rate right now is 30 for an average quarterback, 40 for uh, a good quarterback. That's just the nature of the position now in the NFL. You can wait for Russell Wilson to the cows come home. Aaron Rodgers type who was never going to come here to begin with. And then you start talking about young guys in the draft. I mean, are, are we trying to be too perfect? Because there is player development. That's one of the things the Eagles play up with Jalen Hurts. He's improved every year. He's improved every year. Well, who's to say Kyler Murray can't improve? Um, and he's already a playoff level quarterback with a bad coach. So if you want to spin it, in a positive fashion from Kyler's standpoint. Um, you look at that, you look at the talent level, you look at what he's accomplished on a team not used to accomplishing a ton, absent a few runs with Kurt Warner back in the day and things like that. Are the Eagles being too, too specific on we have to have the superstar or 
we just want to turn this thing over and over and over again and again and again. I think there's a, uh, I think it's easy to just be like, oh, we'll just, you know, kick that can down the road. That's a yeah. problem for another day. And yeah. I think a lot of fans are kind of thinking that way when it comes to quarterback, especially being on board with Jalen Hurts starting this year and passing on some of the prospects in this class. Like, oh, we can figure that out next year. But can you? Are you sure? Because you don't know if yeah. there's going to be any veteran options available. Maybe Kyler will be or some, Lamar. Someone will be. It's possible, but you don't know that for sure. And then, sure, the 2023 draft class might be enticing at this stage with some quarterback prospects. But, again, they could have some really bad seasons. Someone could get hurt. Um, the class might just not look as good as it did. It, we could reach this point next year and we're going to be like, hey, it's all about the 2024 draft class. That one's the real one that's <laughs> looking good. So, I mean, that's what happens, I feel like. And also, you have to look at that. There's four other teams that have multiple first-round picks next year, and I think there could be some more. I think the Giants are contender to potentially pick up a first-round pick next year as well. So you're competing with other teams, you know, to be even just to be able to trade up if you can, assuming you can, uh, so it's just there's a lot of uncertainty there. There isn't a guaranteed light at the end of the tunnel. So I get that that's that side of it. Just the fact that uh, there is some certainty now, and that was really my kind of argument with you know going after Russell Wilson hard. Um, but the Eagles are waiting, and it's not clear if there's going to be an option waiting for them. BLG, you uh, earlier when I asked you about Devontae Wyatt, who seems to be doing the slide down the draft boards. Uh, some character slash attitude issues. You gave us good reasons why you don't think he's a fit for the Eagles at uh, either of their two draft spots, uh, and, and I agree with you. How about Jordan Davis? How about his teammate? Uh, the the biggest, strongest, most athletic defensive tackle in this draft, bar none. A uh, guy used to come off the field on passing downs in Georgia, but when on the field, he was a stone-cold playmaker for them. If he falls down to the Eagles, the reason why I'm asking this is because Howie Roseman very often reverts to what Howie Roseman knows and believes in most, the trenches, that when in doubt, get into the trenches. Uh, I don't think they're going offensive line, so that only leaves the defensive line, and it could either be inside or outside. If Jordan Davis is sitting there, will the Eagles be able to show that famed discipline that John McMullen likes to talk about and say – yeah, no, we need to like get someone in a position we have a need for. We can't be drafted. We got Hargrave and Cox again this year. We can't be going DT. Is he going to be too good for the Eagles to pass up? So I have an article about Jordan Davis coming out on bleedingyournation.com. There you go. Today. Very good. So, I didn't yeah. even know that. Yeah, nice little plug. Uh, so I'll be, you know, touching on it even more there. But the, the short of it here is that uh, the way I thought about Devontae Smith last year was like, Eagles, you got to keep it simple. Like K-I-S-S, you know, keep it simple. Stupid. Stupid. Um, yes. Like this is the Heisman winner, really good receiver. Like don't, don't be, don't try to talk yourself at him. Oh, he's too, no, he's really good. Just trust me. And then Jordan Davis, I almost feel in a similar vein of like, this is the second most athletic prospect of not just defensive tackle. He's the most athletic defensive tackle uh, like ever. Uh, at size and at the things he can do. Oh, and by the way, he won the Chuck Bednarik Award last year for the best defensive player in college football. Maybe we don't need to overthink <laughs> that. Maybe you can just add that guy to your team, and he can be a needle mover, someone incredibly unique. And 
I think there's a case to be made, even though obviously, again, his sack production wasn't great, although I will say it was better than Devontae Wyatt's in terms of the more sacks and fewer games. Um, and I know the snap count and everything, but don't talk yourself out of that guy. I think that guy can be special. He only turned 22 in January. He only started playing football in his sophomore year of high school. This hasn't been necessarily a lifelong thing for him. I think there's an argument to be made he can get better. And when you're talking about position to need, I think defensive tackle is one because Fletcher Cox is back on a one-year deal that he shouldn't be on. He shouldn't be back here on that rate, um, but nevertheless he is. And Javon Hargrave is going to be a free agent after this season. So I think there's a pretty big need at that spot. And I think Jordan Davis is a guy worth betting on. At the very least, I think he will be a dominant run stuffer. And also I think a, a kind of a, an interesting point to consider here is not to say that these kind of players drove these teams to championship success, but you look at Vita Vea, you look at Haloti Nada, you look at Vince Wilfork, like these kind of you know massive attention gathering defensive tackles uh, have been important parts of some championship teams. So I absolutely think that player can have a lot of value. Uh, a Brandon uh, Gowton at Brandon Gowton, bleedinggreennation.com. So read that on Jordan Davis, another player I love for the Eagles. I think you're right about that, Brandon. You know, a couple of days ago, it came across my feed. I want to give the Sixers some love after mm. I say they broke Philadelphia, obviously up to nothing. I saw Brandon Lee Gowton pop up in my feed. I think it said Tyrese Maxey is unreal, something like that. Just a yeah. simple, simple tweet. I want, here's what I want from you. And Devontae Smith, you just talked about, he doesn't count because <laughs> he was a top 10 pick. Mm-hmm. I, I say all the time, Jody knows, player development is real. That's how the, the Eagles spun the hiring of Nick Sirianni in this staff. Is there a Tyrese Maxey on the Eagles? Is there somebody who wasn't expected? You know, I think he was the 21st, 22nd pick. Nobody knew. All of a sudden he explodes. Is there somebody like that on the Eagles? I think if there would be someone, I think, you know, it's, it's obviously Tyrese Maxey is a high bar because, again, he has been – you can't tell me that Tyrese Maxey's biggest fans thought he would be this good. Like, I, oh, I won't yeah, believe that. I mean, I mean. There's no way. Yeah. Um, but if there's a guy who could make that kind of unexpected leap, and it's not Devontae Smith, I'm going to go with Quez Watkins. Uh, John, you and I have seen him at practice, and I think he's yeah. done some pretty good things. And I'm sorry, but, like, I don't think – maybe it won't happen because of the quarterback, but I think there is something to the quarterback, you know, holding back Quez Watkins. I mean, you just look at the playoff game against the Bucks last year. There were some opportunities for Quez Watkins to make some big plays, and the quarterback wasn't hitting them. So maybe Jalen Hurts takes a big leap, and maybe Quez Watkins benefits from that. I feel like Quez Watkins is a little undervalued. I think he's not a volume target. You know, he's not going to be anything like 100 you know uh, catch per season guys not that kind of player but i think in terms of being a a big you know big play guy down the field um and not just that not just a speed guy the way we've seen him making tested catches and everything too and be able to play at a slot in multiple spots i think quez watkins is a little undervalued and i think it's possible if jalen hurts makes the leap i think you can see quez watkins make the leap with him BLG, it is YouTube, so you're allowed to say stupid whether it's <laughs> keep it simple stupid or is it stupid that the Eagles are two of 32 teams that aren't getting an extra week of work in this week? Last year, I theorized when the Eagles went light and you and McMullen both got the benefit from it in 
uh, camp that hey, you do your 45 <laughs> minutes, it. everybody go home, <laughs> home safely. Uh, nobody, nobody complained about that for you guys, so more power to you. But the Eagles seem to believe that less is more when it comes to working out. John assures me this is a medical decision, that they're playing carefully, that they believe that their analytics say, if you don't push them too hard, you'll stay healthier over the course of the year. Maybe that's right. Maybe it isn't. I don't know. But uh, maybe I'm just old school that practice is a good thing. And that the more you work, the more you get into it. There isn't the coach needs to win over the locker room by making things optional rather than mandatory. Are the Eagles stupid for not working out this week? I don't think they're stupid. I think, uh, what's the other team? Who's It's the Bengals. Cincinnati, the Bengals. Obviously, who came off just the longest season in NFL history with the extra week and then making it to the Super Bowl. And Um, and they're also the cheapest organization. They won't have to feed the players this week if they don't bring them in. (laughs) And that is is a potential consideration. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I I don't think they're (laughs) stupid. I think you look at the – you have to kind of go – to the ethos of the decision. And last year it was all about leaning on the side of being conservative, not only in training camp, but also during the season, especially later on in the year where they weren't even really practicing, at least early in the week, they're really just running walkthroughs. And I think that really served them well for the most part. Certainly they weren't as injured as they were uh, under Doug's final year, some some of Doug's final years. Um, So I would say, why go away from that? If that kind of worked for them last year, uh, you don't want a season ending ending injury in a uh, in May. That's true, and I'll follow up. I said last one, but real quick because I want to. To me, it's an organizational decision. In other words, this is not Nick Sirianni. I've yet to meet yeah. the football coach that doesn't want to practice, that doesn't want to be on the field. So, if we look at this moving forward, and the Eagles are successful, and let's say they start, you know, o- overachieving year one. They overachieve a little bit more. People don't think they're ready. Nick Sirianni maybe wins a playoff game. And all of a sudden, he starts getting more and more leverage. Hmm. I think Nick's the kind of guy that's going to push back more than Doug Peterson. Do you get that feeling, Brandon? It kind of seems like, which is crazy to say, for a Super Bowl winning head coach. But it kind of feels like Nick has a little more sway. Then, Doug, I think part of that might be realizing, the Eagles realizing that they didn't give their head coach enough respect and power, and that contributed to some of the things that went wrong. So they kind of have to give a little bit more there and allow it for some more leniency. Um, So, yeah, I think there's some truth to that. Now, of course, it's never going to be to the point where Jeffrey Lurie is going to be siding with (laughs) Nick Sirianni over Harry Roseman or anything. But I do think they they kind of have course corrected a little bit from what happened with Doug. uh, it's possible, but I, I also kind of believe it when I see it. <laughs> All right, BLG, when's the article on uh, Jordan Davis going up on the site? It'll be this afternoon. I'm actually not publishing it. It's it's part of the uh, – we're doing a mock draft throughout SB Nation, so it's part of that, but uh, it will be okay. up later today at some point. Sounds good. Brandon Lee Gatton, Bleeding Green Nation. Always good to catch up with you, big guy. We'll do so again soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks, BLG. BLG here with us on – Birds 365. All right, Johnny Mac, Jody Mac coming back. I want to uh, tap into another guy we use uh, from time to time here on the show, John McMullen's cohort at phillyvoice.com. Jimmy Kemsky had something in his column uh, at phillyvoice.com today that I flat out couldn't believe. I'll explain it to you when we come back here on Birds 365.
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. We got John McMullen and Jody McDonald, your Mega Mac guys here on Birch 365. Uh, we've got another draft gap coming, joining us in oh, about 17, 18 minutes from now. I've never talked to Brian Bosarge from draftcountdown.com. Uh, J-Mac, you reached out and got uh, Brian to agree to come on the show. Uh, how, do you, how do you get to know Brian Bosarge? Uh, I don't know, Brian. So first time he's going to be on the show with you and me. Uh, Scott Wright had run DraftCountdown.com for a very long time. Um, I knew him a little bit, and he kind of handed the baton off to Brian and his partner. And it's still one of the best uh, draft websites out there. So uh, Scott was good for a lot of years. So I said, well, let's let's take that baton and hand it to Brian. So and one of the things, the, the countdown clock, nine, we're at nine days, 10 hours, 55 minutes and 17 <laughs> seconds. Uh, all right. Another uh, draft site that I do want to reference here, um, the Draft Network, which I've gone to several times. It's not like I go there every two hours to see if anything has changed, but it's another good draft website that our buddy Jimmy Kemsky from Philly Voice went to. Uh, I have, had not noticed this. Much like the NBA uh, trade machine on ESPN, you ever fool with that, McMullen? If you, yeah, back in yeah, when I covered the league, I would do it all the time. But yeah, it's a fun little tool that you can have some fun with. Oh, they have yeah. You're talking about the uh, 
the mock draft the trackers, mock yeah. draft simulator yeah so i go there for information not to to put my mocking skills up against anybody else but i guess kemsky did uh, and he mentioned in his latest column that he did a simulated mock on uh, the draft network which i went there and checked it out for myself there are two ways to do it either you can just click a button and the mock draft simulator does it for you that it's automatic and and i guess they rotate things everything i don't quite understand how doing automatic actually uh, teaches you anything but you can do it yourself you yeah. can make your pick for a team and we know if you click on the eagles you're going to pick at number 15 i mean I, we know what the picks are and then they'll fill in the picks before you and then you get to pick whoever's left and you get to do it uh, yourself and you get to play howie roseman which I think we all like to do at least a little bit. Uh, so I, I thought it would be pretty fun. I didn't have time. I went to it right before the show started to go through all the rounds and make all the picks. So I just hit simulate it. Yeah, I didn't like the guys that the Eagles gave the the simulator gave me yeah. at all. I'm well, like, the no, simulator, no, no. yeah, the simulator's not. And and by the way, the draft network is uh i i believe the first now you can do it on pro football network you can do it on pro football focus they have simulators as well so everybody uh follows a good idea but you know sort of like the algorithm here and by the way like share and subscribe to to uh birds 365 but um yeah, it's it's one of those things artificial intelligence and it's just going to keep going through you know, possible simulation after possible simulation. Then, you know, if you do like a million of them, it might come up and, and, and the average might be pretty good, blah, blah, blah. But the fun part for fans is they can draft for their own team and it simulates the picks in front of you. Then you pick for what's left and so forth and so on. For me, as somebody who has to do this, I love these things because it, it, takes a lot of work on my hands and you can just see uh, where the simulation and the potentials of the players. Now it's not perfect because look, we all in, in this year's more uncertain than most, but most years you get a feel uh, who the top pick is going to mm -hmm. be or the top couple picks last year, Trevor Lawrence would be, well, everybody knew he's going number one, right? Well, if you went to these draft simulators, because they're just doing simulations occasionally, Trevor Lawrence wouldn't go number one. So what worth is that? Nothing. Uh, so you kind of feel in, and you know, certain players are going certain spots, but it is a very, very helpful tool. The reason why I bring this up is uh, Kemsky had his uh, latest column on the draft coming up, and he finished off with, did a simulated mock on the draft network. Here's his Eagles uh ten, 10 picks going through round seven. First round of 15, they get Jermaine Johnson, who I've thought the Eagles have coveted basically throughout the entire draft process, certainly after the combine where he absolutely <laughs> stood out and won the day over the couple of days they were in Mobile. If he falls down to 15, I think the Eagles would be ecstatic. And number 16, Jamison Williams who BLG just told us is the best wide receiver in this draft. If you believe you've got good medicals on him, that he's recovering the way he's supposed to for his injury to get the best receiver in the draft at 18 would be phenomenal. Second round, 
Christian Harris linebacker out of Alabama. I, I would love to see the Eagles take a linebacker. I don't know if the Eagles are going to take a linebacker. We know they don't take one in the first round. Would they do it at 51? If they do, I would love that pick. Third round, Brees Hall running back from Iowa State. I think Brees Hall might be the best back in this draft. In this draft, and they're getting him in the third round. And I know running back is devalued in the National Football League. But if you get the potential, you're getting the potential best wide receiver in Jamison Williams. You're getting the potential best back in Brees Hall in the third round. That's a steal. If they get those four guys with their first four picks, that's phenomenal value for the Eagles, at least one man's opinion. Um, you a fan of Cam Taylor Britt, a combination cornerback and safety from Nebraska? I got to be honest. I don't know the player at all. Do you? I don't know much about him, no. But, you know, you start filling needs, and obviously safety and versatility is big for the Eagles. So from that standpoint, it makes some sense. But – you know, and that's all you're trying to do in the later rounds. Well, oh, know, oh whoa, 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 whoa. The later rounds continue to get good. I'm being very honest. I'm not a, uh, a deep inside guy on Cam Taylor Britt, the choice in their, their second, third round pick. D'Angelo Malone, outside line, uh, Sam linebacker from Western Kentucky, um, is absolutely a guy whose value in the fourth round. I think he could go in the second round. Fifth round, they've got uh, one fifth round pick. Um, uh, excuse me, uh, the top of the seventh round. Uh, they don't have a fifth round pick. D'Angelo Malone's in the fourth. Um, oh, excuse me, fifth round pick. Cam Jurgen, center from Nebraska. I had a draft guy tell me on my CBS show this weekend that if he had his chance, he would draft Cam Jurgens ahead of the uh, Iowa center. Tyler um, Linderbaum. Yeah. Linderbaum who some people think the Eagles might actually take at number nine because yeah. he's an offensive no, mind. The Eagles always take up. Yeah. He likes this kid from Nebraska as a better pure center than Linderbaum, and he's got the Eagles getting him in the fifth round. How do you pull off something like that? <laughs> fifth round, Justin Ross, wide receiver from Clemson, used to catch the ball from Trevor Lawrence, uh, had an injury Big issue. Guy. Big guy, very big, big guy. guy. Eagles are looking for a big wide receiver. Yes, he had an injury issue, but you're they're taking both Jamison Williams and Justin Ross. There's a little rolling of the dice, but again, going for upside. In the fifth round, last pick, they got him taking Matariza. My guy, my punter. Yeah. Well, if you can San get him. San Diego State, I love that. Yeah, if you can get him in the fifth round. That's, you know, these, yeah. These simulations, like I, I always say every year at this time of the draft, there's 50 first-round picks. Everybody's a first-round pick. Everybody's a first-round pick. Well, last time I looked, there's 32 first-round picks. So that means there's not going to be 50 first-round picks. And the same goes, like you mentioned, Cam Jurgens. Well, part of it is, um, you know, the position, no question about that. Um, and it's not valued. And it starts getting pushed down a little bit, but um, yeah, I, I mean, if you talk about mid-round picks, you start looking for fits, and if you're doing one of those simulators, Jody, you're looking at, oh, this is a fit, but he's probably not going to be there. He's probably not going to be there the fifth, fifth round. So um, it's fun to do. It's fun to talk about, but the math starts to get in 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 problematic at times. It's easy to understand at the top of the draft. 
And that's why you want some quarterbacks to go uh, early for the Eagles' sake. And you want, you know, uh, a bunch of offensive tackles to go and start to push those edge rushers down, start to push those wide receivers down. The math starts to become a problem when you start talking about getting all these these players that you want, especially in the later rounds of the draft. Right, but here's why this has actually got me a little excited, and I'll try and calm down a little bit here because I can't believe that this could actually happen. Um, but it's not just Jimmy Kemsky sitting down and projecting that, oh, what do the Eagles need? Here's a guy, hey, all right, it's a stretch. He probably won't be there, but let me give him to him anyway, which Jimmy does with his own mocks, which he admitted to us here on the show. He says, well, I, I use new guys every single time because I just want to have the ability to give Eagle fans a scouting report on a particular player. So he doesn't really do it as per the way he thinks it's going to happen. No, he's just there to, this is a, this is a simulation. This is as per an algorithm, these picks being available. Yeah, when but the you're, 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 you're putting them. too much, you're putting too much credit on the simulation. Like I said, if you're going back to last year and you do these sim- simulations right at the top, well, a lot of them, because it is a simulation, and then they're just going different, you know, and they're sticking the, the algorithm in there, and Trevor Lawrence isn't going number one, well, you know that simulation is off. Like, right, you don't know that because of the uncertainty. But right at the top, you know it's off, and it would happen a lot if you do these simulations and you do them because they're not – they're not specific. It's designed to create a, a large portion of information. So in the macro, it's good. In the micro, it's not necessarily good at times. Yeah. And I'm sorry that I got excited because if the Eagles have, if you and I are sitting here a week from Friday, McMo- well, no, it'll be the Monday thereafter because we got to go through all three rounds, which means Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So uh, two weeks from yesterday, if we're sitting here and this is the Eagles draft and I'm printing it out, I'm getting my uh, uh, Sharpie. Uh, I got a light blue one, as a matter of fact. And I'm writing a big A plus down for the Eagles draft. Not an A, yeah, not I an A minus. I I Howie Roseman well, would I'll get an you, A I'll... plus if this is what the Eagles end up with after the draft two weeks from now. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why it's not going to happen. Then we got to get the break and get Brian. I see it popped in on, on us. But um, they're not taking a punter, number one. Even if Matt lasts to the fifth round. Fifth round. This is a, this is a team. Steal in the fifth round. This is a team. He is a steal in the fifth round, but this is a team that goes for it on fourth down more than anybody else. Well, except for the chargers last year, but over a a standard of time, they don't, they're not going to value the position at all. So they're not going to draft Matt uh, in, in they're not going to draft a punter period, even though they need a punter, they're not going to draft a punter and he's not going to be there in the fifth round. All right. Let me, let me quickly find you We'll let, get me, let, me quick, let me quickly fight you off on that. Uh, and we'll get to our guest, Brian Bossard, coming up in just a second. Who's going to be in the league longer? Bri- um, Matt Areza as a punter with whatever team he's on or uh, the present-day head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles? Who's going to be in their position longer? Uh, 
Matt, most likely. There you go. Matt. So but if I'm Howie what? Roseman, and, and I'm not going, way, oh, my God, the coach never goes for it on fourth down. God forbid we take a punter. The punter is going to be around a lot longer than Nick Sirianni is going to well, be. Well, because coach the needs. coach isn't the crux of it. The ownership and the organization is the crux of it. And it's already it's already bridged from Doug Peterson to Nick Sirianni. So it's got nothing to do with the coach. It's an organizational belief. And you I don't think, think they that's had that changing. conversation when they hired Sirianni. Your thoughts on going for it for fourth down? Oh, I'm sure said, they did. I'm, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. But I'm pointing. It's already bridged from one coach to the other. Uh, my, one of the other reasons, if, if Matt did come to the Eagles, he'd last so long. It's because he'd only be punting the football fifty times a year because they never stink and punt it. Uh, that's why. How many times did the Eagles go for it on fourth down? I I think you're overstating the numbers percentage wise of fourth downs they went for doug's was high doug was top one or two in the league yeah nick wasn't uh, as bad in the top half but it's not like they're they're second to sandy the, i keep calling them san diego the chargers last year uh i they were aggressive enough they took they're, some shots, but they're it wasn't uh, like over 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 standard they have set the they set the trend in the nfl they set the trend in the nfl for being aggressive over 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 the period of time from Doug Peterson to now. They are the trend centers and they're not starting. And part of it was, you know, the when when they're plus 50, they're gonna go for it more often than not if it's worth and manageable. That's just the way that's that's in their DNA. That's what they do. Yeah, but were Howie Roseman and Jeff Lurie here before Doug Peterson? Doesn't mean you can't evolve, Jody. Okay. Well, it, 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 I think it was well, Doug. It, you're, giving, you're giving Lori and Roseman credit for this. All of a sudden, they became thrill and risk takers because Andy Reid left. They're not. It's not about because thrill. Chip Kelly left. It's not about thrill and risk. It's about they think they're winning in the margins. What we always talk about. They think they're ahead of the game. They think that's where the. Tr- they think that gives you a better chance to win. The analytics bear that out. If you want to argue the Eagles aren't aggressive, good luck on that one. You're losing that no, argument. No, I'm arguing. You're, 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 you're making it sound like it's Howie Roseman and Jeff Laurie of edict this to Doug Peterson. It is an and edict. To- it is an edict. This is the way this organization wants to play. It is an edict. So they didn't have enough nerve to do it at Chip Kelly. Well, Chip. Chip was aggressive to begin with, but uh, they 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 weren't as high strung about it. I will say that as they are now. But we got to get the break, Jody. Okay. We got to guess yeah. with. Uh, sorry, we were getting into it. Uh, Brian Boussard from uh, the DraftCountdown.com going to be good enough to hop aboard with us. We'll get his take on going for it and for it. And if you've got uh, one of the best punters available for you in a generation, should you be thinking about using a draft pick on him? A lot of draft talk coming up next with Brian Bossard here on Birds 365.
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Reach the AQ streamers here on Birds 365. Next guest, who first thing first, I need to apologize to him because he was sitting here waiting to join us, kind of like on hold for a radio show. I got off on a little bit of a tangent on fun thing and going for it on fourth down. So we start with an apology for Brian Bosarge from uh, draftcountdown.com. Brian, number one, thanks for joining the show. And number two, my apologies. Hey, no, no apologies necessary. Thanks for having me, guys. And uh, it was. Uh interesting debate and i'm on the side of go for it by the way in case you were uh wondering where, where i was where i sat in that but i'm also uh advocating for drafting matareza as high as the late third round by the way so now so yeah, you I, can't I, have a book you gotta go one yeah. way or the other i i do think brian is right i think matt is going to be a third round pick if you go back i think brian anger was the last third round punter he's a heck of a lot better than that um i think as a prospect I think somebody's going to take it, but it's it's going to be an old school mentality team. It's not going to be, it's not going to be the Eagles. It's not going to be the Chargers. It's going to be somebody, you know, if Mike Zimmer can get another job, who wants to flip the field. That's that's who it's going to be with with Matt Areza, Brian. Would would you think that way? How about a uh, former Zimmer assistant, Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland, with their uh, pick ninety seven? I believe they have yeah. in the third round. Yeah. That well, that I, would make that more might not sense. go over in the dog pound because they're gonna go. Wait a minute, 
Didn't we just give Deshaun Watson $250 million and we're not going for it on fourth down? No what? We got a punt that we're paying Deshaun all his money. Give the ball on fourth down. <laughs> well, let's start at the more interesting part. And it starts this year. Usually by this time, Brian, we know who the number one overall pick is going to be. We don't know this year uh, for a couple reasons. I mean, Jacksonville, I always joke, Tony Khan's too worried about his wrestling promotion to worry about the NFL. But uh, so you have a badly run organization, number one. Uh, you have a number one overall pick. They already got it's back to back number one. So they already got Trevor Lawrence. They're not looking for a quarterback. Quarterback wouldn't be in the mix anyway. So you start talking about edge rushers, potentially offensive tackle. What's your favorite flavor? If you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, put your Jags hat on, Brian. Who's your number one overall pick? Well, first of all, I'm hating the fact that uh, there is no quarterback worth taking at the number one pick because they could have sold that pick for a bounty, and they can't Mm -hmm. do that now. I feel like right now, just based off of all the mock drafts I've seen, the mock drafts I've done, uh, we've done at Draft Countdown, it seems to be it's one of three players I feel is like on the board now. It's it's going to be Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan, which I think is probably the most likely, probably 60% chance I would put that at about right now. And one of the other offensive tackles, either Ike McQuano from NC State or Evan Neal from Alabama, I think that's the three players that I could see them going with. Me personally, I would go with uh, one of the tackles, probably Evan Neal, if I had to to – to go with that today, but I can see why they would want Aiden Hudsonson. I think you're going to get consistent uh, sack production from him. He's a tremendous athlete and going to be a great leader for your team, a team that probably needs some some guys to step up in that capacity. So you're not going to buy – sorry, Jody. You're not going to buy Trayvon Walker at the top of this draft? I can't see it. I mean, I, I like Trayvon Walker's upside and what he can bring, but I just – I don't know that I would – take him at one i did i did splash a little cash on that because the odds were the, <laughs> the odds were pretty good uh but uh i, I see I, I think that says a lot brian yeah if you splash a little cash on something that says a lot well let me say this i've i've put some money on four different players right. not aiden hutchinson to be the number one pick in the draft the juice was pretty good for all of those guys Fair enough. All right, then how many, if you're splashing cash, uh, I'm going to ask you to give me your prediction on on the top six. If I tell you the top six players in this draft are going to be linemen, three offensive linemen, three defensive linemen, what's the percentage chance I get that right? Six for six, top six picks in the draft, D-line or offensive line? Is that over a 50% chance, a 30% chance? What's the percentage chance that we go trenches for the first, count them, six picks of the draft? Very high, I would say. Over 50%, I think, is is there. The only things that could upset the apple cart to me right now is do the Giants go with a corner at five over – an offensive tackle, or do the Panthers decide we're going to go with the quarterback? That's the only things in the top six I think could could alter that, what you just said. I think, you know, like I said, I said Equano, Charles Cross, uh, Evan Neal, Thibodeau, Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, all those guys could go one through six, no doubt. Yep. 
I see Jody getting an idea. Uh, uh, you're going to go to the app right now and put splash some cash on that. <laughs> six, six for six at the top of the draft. Now, one of the things. I haven't because, found that bet yet. I will go yeah. looking for it, though. You're right. <laughs> um, quarterbacks kind of run this league. Let's be, be honest, Brian. So uh, it's not a great quarterback class. Um, and you know quarterbacks are going to get pushed up the board. The question is how high, how many quarterbacks do you have going in the first round and how many do you have going, if any, in the top 10? Probably when my final mock draft comes out, which will be the day of the draft. Um, I'll, I'll, end, I'll end up with three in the first round and probably one in the top 10. Uh, I, I personally will not have any quarterback with a first round grade on my board. Wow. Not going to happen. Zero. They will all be outside of my top 32. Uh, but th- it's going to happen. It's like you said, it's a quarterback league. If you don't got one, you got to get one. So you're going to see Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett, I think for sure, be drafted in the first round. I think Desmond Ritter's the hot name to be that third quarterback uh, taken in the first round right now. I think all three of them could actually be off the board by the time the Steelers pick at pick 20. I think you could see three in the top 20, um, it, especially if Carolina decides to go with a quarterback, be it Willis, be it Pickett. Uh, there is a connection with Pickett to Matt Rule as he recruited him to Temple uh, before he ultimately signed with Pitt. Yeah. And uh, I, I think the Saints, uh, if Willis were to be on the board with one of their two picks now, uh, could be of interest – to them as well and then uh pittsburgh they're they're infatuated which with malik willis is is well known at this point mike tomlin's almost stalked him for like every pre-draft <laughs> process we've seen up to this point but i think they also like desmond ritter and i think you know kenny pickett being in the same building that they played in you know would also be of interest to them as well they're going to get a quarterback in the first round i think that's one of the only for sure team positions that I feel comfortable with as Steelers quarterback in in the first round. All right. This is a a good time to ask this question. I've done it, I think, with all the draft guys we've had on over the last several weeks. Um, You just mentioned no quarterback in your just pure grading system is in the top 32 in this draft. Where's Kyle Hamilton? Because the two guys you're talking to are big fans, think he could be the best football player in the draft plays a position that might decrease the value of the player as compared to the quarterbacks where the position increases the value of the player. Where do you have Hamilton graded and where do you have him coming off the board? Uh, He's my number four overall player in this draft class. One of the best, best players on the field on tape. You're going to see he alters the game uh, from his safety position. One of the best safeties I've scouted in a long time. Uh, as far as where is, and I don't know why the NFL seems to devalue the safety position when it comes to draft capital. I mean, they're one of the more high impact players on the defense. You're asking them to do so much, especially what tight ends running wild now over the middle in the league. It seems like the value of the safety would have gone up, but instead it seems to have actually gone down, not quite running back bad, but it's, it's, it's been devalued. I think Hamilton's floor is probably around 11 maybe to Washington I think that's probably as far as I think he'll go I think they would be of interest to him 
maybe he slips and a team trades up to get him around that spot. I'm not sure. Uh, I could see, I could actually see Seattle at pick nine have an interest in him just because of his length and ability to, you know, they seem to like those type of players. So I think probably 11 is probably as far as we'll see him fall, but talent wise, he should go higher. Well, Jody mentioned, uh, and you kind of echoed uh, the most devalued position, and that's running back. Here, we're based in Philadelphia. Here, we're we're dealing with Miles Sanders on the final year of his rookie deal. Nobody wants to pay running backs a second contract because then all of a sudden, especially if they're successful, then you spike to money you just don't want to pay. I always joke, Brian, and we're in April here, nine days before the draft, nobody cares about the running game. Nobody that they don't care about it. And, and, and when they're building their teams, um, they're talking about the passing game. They're talking about pass rushers. And then all of a sudden, November, December roll around, especially in the East coast on the East coast, Midwest. And all of a sudden, Oh, pops up the running game <laughs> starts to be important. If you can't block to run the football, uh, if you can't uh, hold the edge, um, obviously there's not going to be any running backs going in the first round of this draft. Do you think the first running back comes off the board in the second round, or could it be so devalued it happens in the third round? I actually have a column coming out this weekend where I do like five bowl predictions, and one of my five bowl predictions was we don't see a running back drafted until the third round. Wow. I, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I mean, you could see like a team like Buffalo uh, back into the second round uh, fall in love with a guy like Brees Hall from Iowa State or Kenneth Walker uh, from Michigan State. I think those are the top tier of running backs in this class. I think everybody else is a step below those two guys. Uh, you Day two seems to be where you see a run on running backs because they don't cost as much and you can just recycle those guys in and out. I'm with you guys, by the way, never pay a running back a second contract, especially when you do pay a running back a second contract and you don't give them the ball on third and one in the biggest game of the year at midfield when you're trying to drive to win the Super Bowl. So, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> we know where you're going there. So, um, but yeah, just don't do it. Just, just drafting more, just draft guys every four years and be done with it. I need your need your take on this one because it's something that's popped up in the last 24 hours at a couple of different draft sites. Uh, not sure if it's on yours, uh, but I want to see if you've heard anything. Uh, I did see it on uh, Walter Football, Charles Campbell reporting. Devontae Wyatt dropping precipitously down draft boards, maybe even off some draft boards altogether. It's a kid that people were talking about going in the top half of the first round who now isn't going to go round one, might not go round two or three. Uh, different people are uh, giving different opinions on the player's attitude and the like. What have you heard on the DT from Georgia, Devontae Wyatt? How bad do you think his stock is falling? I haven't heard anything, you know, like off the field issues that would cause him to drop uh, as far as attitude. I haven't heard anything of that, of that, but if I think he maybe go lower than he and he might not be drafted in the first round, but I think it's going to be more of an age issue than anything. He's a 24 year, it'll be a 24 year old rookie. And, you know, there are a lot of teams like I just use the Cleveland Browns as an example. They haven't drafted a player over 22 years old in the last two, two or three drafts. 
And I feel like there's a lot of teams that maybe do that. We're just not really tracking. Um, so that's working against him. Uh, the fact that his production wasn't as high just because of where he played. You know, every Georgia player had to get theirs. So, you know, maybe he doesn't have the flashy numbers or whatever, but he tested outstanding just like every most every other Georgia player did. So I think probably at late first, early second is where he's going to go. I can't see him being completely off draft boards though okay um one of the positions we're focused on uh pretty closely here in philadelphia brian is 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 the edge rushers we talked about the top of the draft Uh, the eagles start at 15 and then they pick 18th unless they move around so i want to talk about that second uh level so you know jermaine johnson george carloptis really if you talk about david ojabo will fall a bit because of uh, unfortunately, the torn Achilles at his pro day. So if you look at that sort of consensus top five, do you think there's a possibility they're all gone in that first 14 picks? I think the one that will still be there is Carl Aftis. For some reason, his name seems to be dropping. I've seen some mocks now with him completely out of the first round. <laughs> Excuse me. And um, but I've seen some with him going late in the first round as well to like Kansas City, maybe even Cincinnati if he's available uh, then. But Jermaine Johnson probably going to be gone before 15. Uh, if if I had to guess, I've seen some mocks with him in the top 10. But I think if 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 you're wanting one of those, the top edge guys, you're probably going to have to go up, package a couple of those picks, package 15 and something else and go up a little bit higher. Uh, to get someone like Jermaine Johnson, if that that's who you want. Uh, but if you're if you're okay with Carl Aftis, I think you can stand pat and get him at 15 or maybe even uh, 18. Team specific, specific position specific question for you. Eagles at number 15 and or 18, you go either way. Um, and cornerback, if Sauce Gardner is going to be off the board, and I think we all agree that that's going to be the case, certainly by the time the Eagles come up, if they want to, they can trade up and try and get him. It's going to have to be a significant trade because we all think he's going in the, certainly in the top 10, maybe in the top five. Um, other corners that will be there, who's going to be off the board? Are they going to be legit value? If the Eagles need a cornerback with their first pick in this, this first round, what do, what do you say to those who say, uh, yeah, we got to get a corner, or no, you shouldn't get a corner because it's not good enough value. Or uh, is it going to be a second corner gone by the time the Eagles pick? I think the second corner will probably be gone if it's Derek Stingley uh, from LSU. He would be the he is going to be the number the second corner off the board uh, after he had his great work uh, great workout uh, at his pro day. But you know, maybe some teams question, you know, why has this tape been average? the last couple of seasons he's had some injuries whatnot so maybe he does fall to 15 or maybe the eagles if they want a package maybe a fourth or something to get maybe they won't have to go up very far maybe he slips to like 13 or so and you know you only or you want to secure his services you go up a couple of spots give up a mid-round pick uh if they stay at you know with the picks they have i i don't know if the value matches up i think i'm gonna have like maybe mid 20 grades on like Kyer Elam from Florida. I am a fan. Uh is great size, great athleticism and uh more of a press man style guy. I so I'm not sure if that fits what Philadelphia Andrew Booth from Clemson 
is another that could be in that range. And a couple of guys that are, have shorter arms, but I think are matchup, like are tremendous cover guys. Trent McDuffie from Washington, Roger McCreary from Auburn, especially Roger McCreary. Uh, he's smaller, didn't test that well, but if you go watch the tape, you especially go back to watch him against LSU against Jamar Chase. It was Jamar Chase's worst game uh, in college, and we seen what Jamar Chase did a year ago. Yeah, <laughs> and those receivers last year. If you look at Jamar Chase and um, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, the top of the board last year wide receiver was just crazy talented. It seems like the shift in the way football is played at the college level has made it easier than ever to find receivers uh, uh, at the top of the draft. Problem is, Brian, the Eagles haven't been able to find receivers with the exception of Devontae Smith. And it's now become a almost annual tradition that they're going to look at receiver in the draft. And it's going to be again this year. So what's Brian Bosarge's favorite flavor when you talk about Jamison Williams, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Chris Olave, and so on. Pre-ACL tear in the championship game, Jamison Williams was the number one receiver in this class, I think. And I still think he's going to go high. He still could be the first receiver off the board. Wouldn't surprise me. Because uh, ACL it isn't is the be-all, end-all of death knell of injuries as it, as it was 20, 25 years ago. Um. I do like Chris Olave slightly more than Garrett Wilson, uh, but it's so close. All these receivers are really close for me. Uh, Wilson probably more of a technician, I guess, and with a good speed where Olave is probably more in that better intermediate deep threat type range. Drake London's another that uh, I really wish he could have tested. We could have got some data on him, but you know he also fractured his ankle. Uh, but was on pace to have a record-setting season this year. Had like something like 80 plus catches through eight games. I mean, it wasn't you know crazy production he had uh, this year. And then Traylon Burks is another that I really you, the tape is great, but why did he test so bad? And that's that's kind of a knock on him. All right, I'm going to ask you to truly thread the needle here, okay, Bry? Um Eagles history, quarterbacks, they either take them in the first round or the second. If they wait till day three, yeah, they've had none of those guys pan out and eventually even uh, be a, a legit backup. We don't think they're taking a quarterback in the first round. They've got the 51st pick in the draft and they've got holes and needs. I think they can't afford to go backup quarterback again like they did with Jalen Hurts just a couple of years ago. And now he's turned out to be their starter. We're talking about the third round, not day three, not day one, and not even round two of uh, day two. Third round. Eagles actually have two picks. So you got a little space on your thread the needle here. You can either go with the 83rd pick or the 101st pick. What quarterback's going to be there? What quarterback would be good value for the Eagles if we believe that's probably the only place they're going to take a quarterback would be in the third round? Who are your third-round grade quarterbacks? Who's the best of the bunch, Fitz Eagles? Probably the top quarterback that will be on the board in the third round for the Eagles will be Carson Strong from Nevada. Uh, his arm, one of the best in the draft class. No doubt about it. 
Um, he has had some knee issues that I believe is a question mark. Uh, I can't remember. It's, it's a long, it's one of the names. It's like really long words for what his knee condition is. I, I can't pronounce it or spell it. <laughs> um, but uh, he was so, so at the senior bowl uh, all week, not the, not the best of the group there by far. Uh, and th- including throwing a couple really bad interceptions in the game and in practice. Um, and he's about as mobile as I am, if we're going to be honest, which is to say <laughs> not at all. Uh, so it would be complete polar opposite of what you have in Jalen Hurts as far as skill sets. As So I'm not sure that they would do that. Now, you mentioned that they haven't had success on day three, but a quarterback that fourth fifth round that i really like in that range is ej perry from brown okay transfer from boston college was one of the most athletic quarterbacks in this draft class and i watched two games of his this year and the east west shrine game where he was the mvp despite being on the losing team at the uh, east west game but uh i have never seen a quarterback take a a team of lesser talent and just literally put them on his shoulders and just almost willed them to wins in both games. And that was a really bad team that he played for. Uh, but this guy, can, he can play. And he was, like I said, one of the one of the most athletic quarterbacks at the Combine, uh, second only to Desmond Ritter as far as that goes. So E.J. Perry, fourth, fifth, maybe even sixth round, you know, uh, is could be that draft and stash type guy. Not a bad developmental project. And yeah, the Eagles could be in the mix because their third string quarterback right now is Reed Sinet. So uh last one from me, Brian. Want to thank you. Follow Brian at Deep Bride Draft. You see it there on the screen. I like that. What are you, South Carolina guy, I think? Deep Bride I, Draft. I, well, I'm from I'm I live in Mobile. I'm from Mobile, Alabama, I live in Mobile. Okay. But I am a s I am a South Carolina fan. Okay, South Carolina fan. Uh, DraftCountdown.com, and I pop it up now. Nine days, 10 hours, 12 minutes, and 30 seconds to the draft. Um, so I want to we, – we talked about day three a little bit there, Brian. If you're in an, a, a draft room and you're pounding the table for a th- day three pick, could be anywhere, offense, defense, who who is Brian Bosarge's guy on day three? Oh, that's uh, that's a tough one. Um, let's see. I I wrote something about this the other day. Day three, guys. Um, I like Velas Jones, wide receiver, Tennessee. Another older prospect. Uh, was in the same draft class as uh, Sam Darnold at Southern Cal. Uh, but he's a local kid uh, to here in Mobile, and he uh didn't really develop as a receiver until this year and uh, playing with Hendon hooker this year at Tennessee uh, opened him up a little bit, had 800 receiving yards this year, but he's one of the best return men in college football and has been going back to his freshman season, but because of the COVID rules and everything was able to play six years. Uh, so he's going to be a 24 year old rookie. So that might off put some people. I don't know if he's going to fall into day three, but, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about at least one South Carolina guy. Kingsley Inigbari, edge rusher from South Carolina. Didn't test well, but according to PFF, one of the best pass rush, pass rush win rates uh, in college football this past year. So he can get after. He's one of those big hustle guys. 
always seems to be around the football. Like I said, because of his testing and because of the other edge rushers you're going to see go ahead of him, could get pushed into day three. He could be one of those guys. All right, since you uh, kind of bared your Carolina rooting interest here, I'm going to go there one more time because I got to admit, damn, did I look stupid this year. Watching DJ Uyunglele when he had to fill in for Trevor Lawrence, I said, they're going to go from the first pick in the draft to the first pick in the draft. It's, it's <laughs> going to be number one two years from now. He looks phenomenal. And then this past year, he looked pretty damn mediocre. Uh, next year will be his draft year, and he's got the chance to uh, refortify himself as one of the top quarterback prospects. He's not that right now. What happened to DJ Uyunglele? It's hard to say. Uh, Clemson lost a lot off of that team. I mean, you can see they went from playing for a national championship to playing in the Meineke Car Care Bowl or whatever that right. bowl game was that they played in this year against Iowa State. So, I mean, they they, they lost a lot, you know, skill position-wise, uh, offensive linemen. And, you know, we always – you see Alabama makes it look so easy. They just reload with the top guys every year. It's not that not supposed to be that easy. Uh, when you, you you know you lose a lot of guys to the NFL like they did. All right, we'll see if Bungalow. I, I, I was just wowed by that player in that Notre Dame game. I still think the talent's there, but he's got to showcase it again because Stroud and uh, Hall are way ahead of him as of next year. Oh, we're going to have you back then to talk about who the Eagles are going to be drafting with that high first-round draft pick if Harry Roseman's wheeled and dealed and got himself up to that position. I'm getting ahead of myself. we got a whole draft to go nine days from now. You gave us great insight for us today. Thanks much for hopping on. We will talk to you again soon. Thanks for having me, guys. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Our Brian. pleasure. That is uh, Brian Bosarge from DraftCountdown.com. All right, we got a countdown going on here on Birds 365. Only about six or seven minutes left. Come back. Help us put a bow on the show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Donald and McMullen, your very 365 guys here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. We are going to put a bow on the show here and hope you enjoyed this one. Had two good guests, BLG and um, Brian Bosard, chopping on, talking draft with us from the draftcountdown.com. Oh, we'll have more draft guests as we are now. How far away, Johnny Mac, from the draft? Oh, I got to pull it up. Uh, Nine days, 10 hours, five minutes. 21 seconds. (laughs) Yes, it is a lead up to a big event for the Philadelphia Eagles, which we know they've got to do well in. Uh, Let me give you a hypothetical. We'll finish out on one of my favorites, a hypothetical. The Eagles want to move up in the draft, John, because we know how he likes to wheel and deal. And I go to his defense all the time. I think he's one of the best in the NFL. They just had a rating on the NFL.com had Howie Roseman rated as the 14th general manager. I'd have him a little bit higher than that, but that's the NFL.com's rating. He's uh, the top half. I think he could be top 10. But one thing that he's absolutely top five in is the ability to move and shake and change and play Monty Hall on draft day. I think it's one of Howie's strengths. Let's say he wants to tap into that strength. Let's say he's willing to move up a couple of slots. Last year, the Eagles went from 12 up to 10, got Devontae Smith, cost him a third-round draft pick. They have two third-round draft picks this year. Um, So similar cost, let's say they move from 15 to 12, because it's not 12 to 10, it's 15 to 12, so you you move up an extra slot, but the cost is the same. It's a third-round draft pick. So the Eagles are getting the 12. Who is that player that they have to move up to 12 to get that if they stayed at 15, they don't believe it's coming down to them last year. And I think rightfully so they judged the board and said, if we don't move up for Devonta Smith, the giants are going to take them in between where the pick is that we've got right now. And where we went, is there a guy that, if the Eagles really like him and really fills a void and a need, and they need to give up a third round pick to move up three slots from 15 to 12. What do you think that guy is? Yeah, I think there's four there. There's three, uh, but one is not realistic. The one would be, I think completely unrealistic would be Ahmed Gardner, sauce Gardner. Uh, I think that's unrealistic. Uh, I think the lesser realistic one is Kayvon Thibodeau. If he starts the ball a little bit, I think they'd be interested in that. And then Jordan Davis, which I think is the most realistic, and you'd have to maybe go up a couple spots. Stingley's the interesting one. Brian kind of talked about him. Um, He might be in that equation as well. Wouldn't be for me. Too many uncertainties. I think he described it. 
uh, pretty well. The tape, like, why is the tape so poor uh, the past couple of years? And part of it is Liz Frank injury. Um, do you think the tape was poor or do you yeah, think it was incomplete? Well, compared to where it was when he sort of exploded, he was this phenomenal. And it's like, why the regression? Um, so that's a concern to me. Um, but still really talented player. And if you go back to last year, you know, they were going to take JC Horn. They were going to take Patrick Sertan. Um, so they know they need to upgrade a corner. And it's not only about Zach McPherson, you know, Darius is getting up there. Um, how long is he going to continue to play? You know, get mad at me because I called him Darius Slay's getting up there. <laughs> He'll get mad at me for that too. Um, you got to start thinking about life after Slay as well. So they need a corner badly, and maybe that plays into it. Because I said they haven't set themselves set themselves up for. That's where right. we started this show. They need a corner, so that might have them reaching a little bit for a Stingley. It would be a reach in my mind, not in other people's minds. If he's sitting there, if they don't have to trade up to get him, you think he's still reaching fifteen? Uh, no, I don't think he's reached a 15. I think he'd be good, but I don't think he's getting to 15. I think his floor is 12. Minnesota's desperate for corners. Um, Patrick Peterson is there. They sort of have this relationship from LSU, those LSU guys. Uh, they think he can mentor him uh, into being a star. So I think you got to get ahead of Minnesota. So they'd have to get to 11, which is difficult. Because Washington has 11, they probably don't want to trade with the Eagles, but they traded yeah, with the division year, foe last year. Yeah, I was going to say, last year the Eagles yeah. traded with the Cowboys. None you of us saw that one coming. So a trade between the Eagles and the uh, Commanders. I'm not near as bad as with Commanders as I am with the football team. At least I'm a team removed from the Redskins, so I'm getting better at that. Uh, not an impossibility that a deal come down between those two teams. All right, brother, we be out of time. I'm up for a show tomorrow. How about you? Let's do it. I don't know. uh, uh, I'll be up for it. Let's, let's, you know, I'm day to day, Jody. We all say that. John is going to be staring at the draft calendar countdown for the next 22 hours, which means we'll be Now that I found it. Yeah. Now that I found it. We're coming up. Wait. Exactly. Give me five seconds, Jody. Yes, sir. And we will be at nine days and 10 hours. Exactly. Bang. Nine days and 10 hours. And 22 hours to the return of Birds 365. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.